Welcome to Core 242 Podcast, brought to you by Core Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. God bless you and thank you for joining us as we study the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we're coming up out of Galatians 5, 23 but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. We have covered self-control, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness. Last week we we did kindness, and today we are talking about patience. And right, right off the start, I really wanted to, because it was a, not a stumbling block, but it was something that, that I needed to kind of look into, the difference between self-control and patience, because it kind of, as you talk about, about patience, as we were studying the patience, I was, I was kind of talking to Trisha, and I was like, man, that sounds a lot like self-control, but, but as we dove into it more, we saw there's a difference. Patience is, it takes me, like, let's say anger, it takes me a while to become angry, with self-control is when I get angry, it's I have control over my reaction. You still have a proper response. I have a proper, yeah, it's that whole thing we talked about, reaction and response. It's a response of a godly response, a response that gives glory to God. So those are kind of from the beginning. I just wanted to kind of separate those two in case other people had the same thought as I did. And then, of course, as we dive into the actual study you will see that those two are very much like of course because it's a fruit of the spirits it's a reflection of god and and as we use this fruit of the spirit it's going to give glory to god through the way we um, surrender to the holy spirit one of the keys that we kept running across very consistently in preparation for the study is the fact that we have an understanding that patience a lot of time is just kind of taking a deep breath, gritting your teeth, getting through it, right? And it's it's this inactive state. But in reality, consistently through the biblical understanding and even Greek and English etymology, when you look back, patience is tied to suffering. And so mm-hmm. the word here very often was translated long-suffering, meaning mm-hmm. being able to bear up under a time of hardship, being able to... Uh, endure through a persecution or a time of pain and suffering. And I think that is really important for us to understand that, yes, sometimes all we can do is just take a deep breath, but God has a design for us through the fruit of the Spirit, through patience, to endure suffering, to long suffer uh, when we don't get the instantaneous relief, when we don't get what we want, in, especially in this microwave, you know, 30 second culture where we can have everything our way right away uh, to be able to endure and long suffer with the patience that God desires. Yeah. And understanding that, again, there's a reason why this is a fruit of the spirit. It's, it's again, forming us into his son, Jesus Christ. Remember, we t- last last teaching we talked about be perfect as I am perfect, and we talked about there's other perfect is also complete, so completely being like being like him. So in our patient and our long suffering, it's putting us into a position of being more like him. The in the Galatians uh, five twenty two, the word right there is uh, mekruthumia which means long-suffering, but I like that the commentaries also added endurance and perseverance to that definition 
uh, translation. And as you look into different uh, translations, uh, King James Version loves using long-suffering. Uh, the, there's another one, ESV, I think they, they use endurance instead of patience. And when we hear those words, it's definitely not a positive thing for us. Right. I think even just patience, like, hey, be patient. No, I don't. I don't want to. Well, so often people are always wondering, you know, why does God allow suffering? Why does uh-huh. That's a really common question. In fact, the study that we did on suffering, we saw was one of the more trending studies because mm-hmm. suffering is exactly that. It's hard. It's painful. Yeah, yeah. It's not something anyone looks forward to or desires to do. And we don't know how to suffer well, even though as human beings during our lifetime, we will have to survive and endure and be resilient through incredible suffering. And th- there's things happening all over the world that suffering, human suffering, is beyond what we can even imagine. And yet somehow God has wired the human spirit to have a certain degree of resilience. Um, and yet we do know that the physical, emotional, mental toll can be very real. And it's just by the grace of God that that we stand. But I, I'm brought to this verse actually from Romans 9 and I don't know that we really want to get into it but here but I just want to share it it says what if God choosing to show his wrath and make his incredible power known bore with great patience the objects of his wrath prepared for destruction and what if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy whom he prepared in advance for glory even us whom he called not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. He says in Hosea, I will call them my people who are not my people. I will call her my loved one who is not my loved one. And I think, again, just like all the other fruit of the Spirit, maybe the reason I'm drawn to this is to show how patience and long-suffering emanates from God himself, that he created this incredible creation, and all of that creation is suffering and groaning, Mm. and he is patiently enduring so that none would be lost, but that all would come to know Christ, that all might somehow have the opportunity to be saved. And he, he, more than any of us, has exemplified long-suffering. And I I don't think we tend to think of God in that light, but that picture of Christ on the cross is a picture of God's patience with humanity yeah i mean how many times honestly how many times as we read as you read the old testament god wants to just erase right the the israelites first it was the human race all together and he did it once and he said he'll never do it again but there were so many times the israelites he was like over and over and over again, he was just like, "I'm done with it." I mean, as, as soon as the as soon as they came to Mount Sinai, he was like, "That's it, never mind. Let's start over." And Moses was like, whoa, 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 hold on, right? It's the story of, but he was patient. He was patient, and um, you know, sadly that we as human beings, as Israelites, as us as human beings, we fail over and over again. That he had to send his son to die for us. But it was that love and patience, that that long patience, and um. then it gets to our, our actually one of our first points, which is what is God doing in the midst of our long suffering? What is God doing in the times that require patience? And the example that you said of Israel, you know, they come to the promised land, and in Deuteronomy. 1 verse 2, it, it's, it says that they basically had an 11-day journey, but it takes 40 years. And why? 
It took 40 years because they came with fear, with disobedience. They didn't trust God. They were not a people of God yet. And so their 40 years may have looked like wandering, but God makes it very clear that he used that time in order to shape them into a people. He shaped them into a nation. He shaped them into a priesthood. He shaped them according to his law and his word. He taught them to trust him by taking manna in the desert and only taking a certain amount. So he taught them obedience. So part of the reason that God allows suffering and part of the fruit of the spirit of us learning patience and long suffering is that he's transforming our character. Yeah. Uh, into his own image and likeness, into being his people, a people who can be obedient, a people who trust him, a people who are not afraid of the things that lie ahead because we know how powerful he really is and that whatever he brings us to, he's He's going to carry us through it, um, not by our own power, not by our own might, but by his Holy Spirit. And so I think that was, that was one of our first points was that patience is not this passive season yes. Yes. but learning patience and exhibiting patience when god calls us to be patient whether it's with our children or with our supervisors at work or whatever issue we, we may be suffering if a physical illness uh, and god is calling us to patience and he's growing patience in us we realize that it, again it's not just this take a deep breath it's a wasted useless time where we're just running in circles um, and gritting our teeth to get through it but we're meant to learn to release our worries and fears we're meant to learn to be obedient and to trust god in that season of patience and long suffering yeah i i want to just absolutely that point is correct and i do want to repeat it again it is a patience long suffering is an action thing i as as maybe hard to say about job you know if we think about suffering Job, I think, is one of the first people that we're going to pop in, pop into our heads, and probably Jesus on the cross, that and Job. Uh, but that book, but if you look at it, he wasn't very active in his suffering. He was, he's, you know, there were so many times where, I mean, he was defending himself against his friends. But at the beginning, before the friends showed up, he just kind of sat there um in pain with ash over his head and uh, scraping his wounds with pots, right? Just pieces of pots. Um, it was, to, to me, as I looked at it, of course, it was suffering. Of course, it, it was it was horrible thing what he was going through, but he was very passive about it. But then you look at uh, the example that, that you brought up of uh, Israelites walk, walking through the desert. There was an inner transformation. They... I'm sure it wasn't a lot of fun to wander around for 40 years in the desert, hoping to find water, hoping to find, to that man is going to come back the next day, hoping that the quail is going to come back the next day, hoping that the earth is not going to open up and eat more people. And, right. you know, pillar the of cloud, pillar of clouds and snakes and all those things that they had to learn that don't play with God, first of all. He's holy. He's holy. And the people, his people are holy and, and everything else. But they were just being transformed. The, as soon as we started talking about that topic, the, the story of, in the, it's actually in, in Numbers that they talk about it. Uh, it's Numbers 9, 17. And it talks about whenever the cloud 
this is, uh, maybe I'll start at 15. On the day of the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony was set up. The cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it at night and looked like fire. So the cloud, the cloud of the tabernacle is the, the Holy Spirit, God's presence with the people. And this is, my, this is where I wanted to look. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Whenever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. And on and on and on. Uh, till the end of the chapter, it talks about how they would just watch. And I love that because... Jesus was saying the same thing. I only do what I see the fathers doing, right? So here, God is shaping them to follow me. If I'm here, we stay here. If I go, we go. Wherever the Spirit... Oh, this is good. So wherever the Spirit, <laughs> wherever the spirit is leading, that's where you go. You don't go where the Spirit is not. Right. And if the Spirit is still working in this place, you stay. And I love it says sometimes it was only for two days. Sometimes it was for a year. Sometimes it was for a couple of months. They were transformed. In this law of suffering of them wandering in the desert, they were being transformed to look where the Spirit of God is leading them. And if the Spirit wasn't moving, they didn't want to move. They shouldn't move. And that's something that we need to learn that's for ourselves. Yeah. That's why we got to be patient because so many times, even in, in our churches and our spiritual walks and everything else, oh, I got to minister here, I got to minister there. And God's like, what is the last time I ta- told you to do? We're trying to fabricate a move of God yeah. rather than respond to where God is already moving. God is like, I never told you to move. Yeah. You still have to do work here. Why are you going somewhere else? Or the other way, why are you here? Because I told you, you to leave. I told you to leave long time ago, but you feel like it's this place is a good ministry, right? Um, all the disciples, that's how it was. So many times, Paul and uh, uh, Philip, Philip was in a good place of a good ministry, and then the Spirit led him somewhere else. And Timothy was at a good place, and they moved somewhere else. Like Paul, he was like, man, this place is fruitful, but God is leading me to a different place, and they had to move. You know, but we we keep on, well, this works. Right. And on the opposite side of it, which is the other point, right, is that that time of long-suffering and patience is learning to be still. Mm. Yeah. That classic verse of be still and know that he is God. Yeah. That we, like I said just a minute ago, we're trying to sometimes fabricate a move of God. We're trying to force we're trying to force him to heal. Like maybe if we just had enough faith, maybe if I just fast or pray a little bit harder, that breakthrough will come. And I'm not saying that those things are bad, mm-hmm. but the spirit of God is not manipulated by us. We have to respond to what the spirit is doing. And there's times when God makes wait, very what if, clear. What if I beat myself and scream? Maybe <laughs> okay, God is sleep. Oh wait, that's bad. That's, that's <laughs> King Mount Carmel. That's, that's a good one, but we'll have to save that one. So we, we have to be patient and wait on the Lord and be still and know that he has God. So there is a time and a season where we just have to be still. And again, that doesn't mean that nothing is happening, but it means that we're trusting that God mm-hmm. is fighting yeah. our battles for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's the most powerful. This is such a powerful 
image in Second um, Kings chapter 6, verses 15 through 17. Um, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. So he's terrified because the there's kings kings coming around the the Israelites, and Elisha saying, "Don't be afraid." The prophet answered Elisha, "Those who are with us are more than those who are with them." And Elisha prayed, "O Lord, open the, his eyes so he may see." Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And this is the whole be, be still and know that he is God. Be trust in the Lord. Even during the suffering, just know that God got you. That during this time of siege, um, people didn't know what to do. What are we going to do? We got to do this. We got to do that. And here Elisha knew what was happening spiritually. He trusted in God. And this his servant was blessed to have his eyes open to see the actual power of God with these chariots of fire and horsemen. That, that is so powerful. And we need to have that trust in our God. Jesus had the same thing when Peter picked up the sword and started fighting. He's like, don't you know? I can call out legions of angels to defend me. You don't know the power that's behind me. I don't need your sword. Right. It's, it's and I think that that's the part that requires patience on our part because a lot of times we don't see that our our battle is not against flesh and blood, mm-hmm. but it's against the powers and authorities mm-hmm. in the heavenly realms. Mm-hmm. And so, as you're praying for your son or daughter or a loved one who doesn't know the Lord, as you're struggling through an illness, as whatever opposition you're facing that you're waiting for God to break through, there are things happening in the spiritual realm that we don't see or understand. And if God was to open our eyes, we would be blown away by the happenings that are happening beyond the physical realm that we can see. And this was something that very ministered to me in a very real way uh, during a season where I was just battling very heavy with depression and I had suffered things and I, I didn't understand why God had allowed them. And how long was he going to wait until this cloud just lifted from me of anxiety mm-hmm. and worry and stress? And, and for those of you who are struggling with that, please get every resource of help that you possibly can. I can't emphasize that enough, but I also know that God at the end of the day cares for you. And sometimes we just have to hold on hope one more day, one more day. And all you have the strength to do literally is to take that next breath. Mm. Just keep on breathing. Mm. And the, the, Similar to this story that my husband just shared, uh, someone had had prayed and said, told me the story from from Daniel, where Daniel says a prayer, and he waits, and it takes several months for the angel of the Lord to to appear, and he says that God heard your prayer the moment that you prayed it. This is in this is in uh, the book of Daniel. I believe it's chapter nine and ten, and it and he says that he set forth the moment that the prayer was prayed, but there were these battles that were happening against the the prince of Persia again, the spiritual battles that prevented him from coming. And so God is all powerful, and at the end of the day, He always has the victory. 
but there are things that are happening that are beyond our understanding. Mm -hmm. And sometimes God just wants us to be faithful and to hold on for another day, another week, another month. And you may feel like you don't have the strength to do that because all hope is gone. But I just pray over you right now, even in the middle, like right wherever you're at, um, that the Holy Spirit would minister to you and just encourage you by this, that your, your refreshing is coming. The Lord has heard your cries. Yes. He has seen your tears. He has seen your sleepless nights. He knows your pain and anguish, and he is fighting on your behalf. Yes. Just be still and allow him to fight your battles for you and know that your breakthrough will come. And don't give up. Don't let go of the hem of his garment mm -hmm. until you see that answer to prayer. Mm -hmm. Whether it's just that your anxiety lifts, whether it's that God sends you a doctor to help you with medication, whether it's that, that child that you've been praying for, you finally have restoration, whatever it is, don't let go. Don't lose hope. That is long-suffering. That is patience. That is the fruit of the Spirit that we're talking about, is that when you don't see the answer, that you continue to trust. You don't manipulate. You don't try to do a dance. You don't make it happen out of your own means, but you let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you and be still and know that he is God and he is fighting the battles for you. Amen. 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 Thank you. I, man, I, did, I needed that prayer. I appreciate that. Um, the, the last point, the last point that, that we want to go through it is the actual active, the physical activity of long suffering. The actual battle. We've talked about, we talked about just being still and trusting God, knowing the, that we don't know what's going on spiritually. We talked about the inner transformation during the long suffering. We also want to talk about during the patient time of trusting God and, and uh, this inner transformation, there's actually some physical battles that we need to fight. Yeah. Right. And I think in that moment of just passion and inspiration, I blurred the lines between them because I did talk about going and seeing that doctor, yeah. going and seeing. So there are sometimes, you know, again, being still doesn't mean that we do nothing. Yeah. It just means that we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And as you said, we go when he says go and we stay when he says get, stay. Mm -hmm. um, and that our actions and our activities are those that he leads us to, not just our own manipulation. Yeah, but you, you mentioned the story of Rizpa. I, yes, that's uh, that's awesome. That's when we when we were preparing for this, and you mentioned Rispa, I got so excited about it. First of all, I've never you you don't hear about Rispa too much. Um, there's a huge backstory of it from from the beginning of Second Samuel. She she's there in second chapter. She she's brought up, and then now we we're, we're hearing her about her in the twenty first chapter. Uh, so uh, let's get into it because. Amazing story of long suffering, but being active through the long suffering and trusting God and trusting in Justin and trusting in what God can do. And and this is the difference between what we were just talking about and, and the story of Rizba. And I, I want to just kind of touch on it lightly because I, I do believe that I, I know that God is speaking through every aspect of the story. And, and I, want to do the story and give it justice, but I'm just going to touch on it briefly. There's this short story in 2 Samuel chapter 21, and we won't get into the whole backstory, but this woman's sons were executed. And the difference here of long-suffering and patience is that 
there was a, a mother who wanted justice. She wanted her sons who had been executed to receive a decent burial and to not be exposed uh, in the public sphere. Uh, but she knew she couldn't do that, that only the king could bring justice. And so what we see here is different from these other, you know, one just being still and, and praying and letting God fight your battles. Uh, again, that doesn't mean doing nothing. Sometimes it's just breathing and getting through another day, mm-hmm. trusting and, and maintaining the faith, allowing God to transform you from the inside out. And this third one is really loving in the middle of the injustice, in the middle of the suffering. What we see here, I'll, I'll just read it briefly. It's Second uh, Samuel chapter 21, starting in verse 10. It says, Rizpah, daughter of Ea, took sackcloth and spread it out for herself on a rock. From the beginning of harvest till the rain poured down from the heavens on the bodies, she did not let the birds of the air touch them by day or the wild animals by night. And by then, she it means the bodies of her executed sons. When David was told what Ea's daughter Rizpah, Saul's concubine, had done, he went and took the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan from the citizens of Jabesh-Gilead. Um, people had taken them secretly from the public square where the Philistines had hung them after they struck down Saul at Gibeah. David brought the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan from there, and the bones of those who had been killed and exposed were gathered up. They buried the bones of Saul and Jonathan in the tomb of Saul's father. They did everything that they commanded, and after that, God answered prayer in behalf of the land. And so you have this incredible picture of a mother's love who is who is actively, even though her, even though hope is gone and her children have passed, she is lovingly caring for her sons. And she, so just to grasp how long she was doing this, from the beginning of um, the word there is, is the barley harvest. So that usually is around April until the rains pour down, which is October. So we're talking about a good six months. Yeah. This mother wow. lays out sackcloth. So she is in a season of grieving mm-hmm. and mourning. Her grief is public it's visible. Everybody can see it. Mm. I'm sure people got sick of it and just want told her to give up and go home. And she refused. And day and night, she fought off people who would maybe mock, maybe who would want to throw stones. She didn't let the birds of the air touch them by day or the wild animals at night. She persisted long suffering on behalf of the children who she loved until they got justice, until they received the proper burial. That's how she patiently waited for the king to act on her behalf. And again, we could get in, this could be a whole sermon in and of itself, Mm -hmm. but I just want to encourage you, if you're in a season of grief and you're waiting for relief or whatever justice, maybe you have a child who is incarcerated. Uh, Again, the stories go on and on, but the Lord knows your specific story. And in the waiting... In the waiting, be patient. In the waiting, allow God to grow this fruit of long suffering in you that when you go through suffering, that you do it well. Paint this beautiful public picture of loving loving those who you're waiting for, whoever you're waiting for, for the Lord to act on your behalf, that you would actively be a picture of love and tenacity. I mean, this woman, no matter, she was without sleep, without food. She just was fighting off birds and wild animals for six months until justice came her way, until God came through on her behalf and moved the hand of the king to allow her sons a proper burial. And not only did she get justice for her for her children, she got justice for Saul and for Jonathan as well. And the other five. And the other five. Slay. Yeah. And the good picture of for us to learn from this as, as Christians, 
she honored and took care of her sons during that time because that was her focus. She did not go start a Twitter account and start bashing David and all those other ones. She, there was not a hate. This did not come from hate during right. this time. She did not start attack, attacking um, David and all the other whoever administration and everything else. She was just lovingly taking care of her kids and because of that, the king was moved. Right. Like the, that's uh, the picture that we're trying to explain. Yeah. That so, so that's we don't of, have to fight the battle. Mm-hmm. We just have to love. We just have to be faithful. We just have to serve and trust that God knows mm-hmm. what we do in secret. God sees our sacrifice and our good deeds, and He is a loving, caring God, and He will be moved and He will act on our behalf. Just as in this story, David, who was a man after God's own heart, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was a man after God's own heart, he was moved just as God will be moved. If we mm-hmm. persevere, if we persist, what was the word you said? Constancy. If we remain constant, even in the midst of our affliction, we remain steadfast and faithful and we trust the Lord. He will hear our cry. And if, if we have this characteristics, if this fruit of the Spirit reflect from us, People are gonna want to know. People want to get would want to know our God, who gives us the Spirit, who gives us. It's just I feel like it's a very powerful testimony for those around us to see how we can endure through suffering um, with peace, with transformation, with love. It goes back to bringing glory to God. Things might move in our lives. Things will move in our lives. But again, it's for God's glory. All those things will happen. And that's honestly, in my life, I've I've seen... It's difficult to suffer. But it's worse when you feel like you're suffering for nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, grief is hard, but without the hope of Christ, grief is so much more desperate and despairing. Yeah. And so as we develop the fruit of the spirit of patience, we just need to know that though we suffer, we don't suffer as the world suffers. We don't suffer in vain. Yeah. That this will bear fruit in our lives for us, for the people around us, and for the kingdom of God. Yeah. As you said that, I have to go back to Romans um, chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith to the grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. Amen. 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 Pray that you were blessed by this teaching. And don't forget you are loved. And covered in prayer. And covered in prayer. Be blessed. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at corechurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.